0: Welcome to The Jesus Follower, a podcast about helping ordinary people be close to an extraordinary God. The goal? To help you experience the life you were designed to live in the good times, tough times,
1: and in the moments that nobody else sees. All right. Hello. Welcome in. My name's Andrew. His name's Daniel. How you doing, Daniel? I'm doing very well. Glad to be with you all again. It's great to see you all, and uh, this is episode 10, which is extremely exciting. Granted, we haven't gotten to 10 yet. We're recording this. This is actually the week that we premiere, um, the week of uh, March March 24th, where we'll be uh, premiering this friday so uh i guess lord willing we'll get to 10 but this is our uh 10th episode so it's just been great to be with you all i read before we started this that the average uh podcast runs for only seven episodes and then it's done so um it's just been an honor to be with you for this far hopefully for a lot more but uh we've been having so much fun
0: yeah yeah it's been been a lot of fun we we appreciate you all listening in and you know as as we just discuss this and kind of dig deeper ourselves I feel like the Lord and I don't think Andrew would probably agree the Lord's really teaching us a lot of stuff in the process as we just take some time to just really dive into some of these things and 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 try to figure it out you know how can we be the best that we can for him which is the the goal of all of it so very exciting
1: Oh for sure yeah and we're learning how to do this and talk back for choose topics that are Worthy enough or exact enough for a show, not too broad, not too narrow, all those things. And also just learning how to follow Jesus. And really, it is so fun, so good to follow Jesus, which I think it's underplayed a lot in those discussions about discipleship because a lot of it is just, uh, you know, struggles in the Christian life, how to endure a lot about coming from the place of suffering, but really there is a lot of riches to be found in Christ. I don't let me just spring it on you. What what have you been seeing in your time with God? What what's popped out to you about God that's beautiful recently?
0: Oh, I think one of the biggest things is just that Jesus would love us that uh, the price that, that was paid for me, you know, oftentimes I, I look at my life and look at my struggles and I feel like, man, you you are kind of a mess. And really that internally, that's, that's kind of the way it feels sometimes. And then I read the scriptures and I see that uh, even in my my state of messiness or not having it all together that that there's a savior and the god of the universe still loves me and and still paid the price for me and and really this concept here lately of intercessor has really been there that he mm. he took it upon himself in my place so that i could have life and have that more abundantly and that's really mm. it's really overwhelming to try to 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 capture that and grab hold of that because it's too yes. deep for me, you know, too amazing oh, for me. Uh,
1: oh, what for about sure. you? Oh, thanks for asking. Yeah, I think, um, well, it's been great recently. I have been terrible throughout all my life and developing a consistent time to get into the word every day. Um, it typically happens every day, but often if you don't get into a rhythm or a schedule with it, it just becomes very. Uh, rushed or just whenever I think about it, and my mind's rarely in the right place. So it's a struggle to get into that habit. Um, but recently, God's been blessing me in that way to get into that habit. In the mornings, I'll wake up and um, have uh, bran flakes. That's been my cereal of choice recently. <laughs> bran flakes. Uh, boring, good but good. I will stand beside it uh, yeah. with the raisins, and uh, very nice for the morning. But uh, sit down at the kitchen table, and I have found this great uh, daily Bible that I'll recommend. I'll put in the show notes, but it's called the uh, CSB, uh, Christian Standard Bible, a chronological Bible. Oh, yeah. And it comes in a nice, uh, leather soft, I think what they call it. It looks like a real fancy Bible, but it's, uh, it's marked off for daily readings with uh, devotional notes in there at the beginning of each day. And it's unique because it's not chronological in the sense of most chronological Bibles where they'll start uh, with the one that was written the earliest and then move on by when it was written. This one takes the events that are written and goes chronological that way. So it pairs Uh, like Genesis 1 and John 1 uh, to uh, come up with devotional you know readings in that way yeah so that's been super good for me and i'll recommend it currently i think as of uh the other day when i bought it it's uh 24.99 or like 25 bucks oh, on yeah, amazon so for this real i'll have to bring it in and show you it's super nice and uh yeah like thick and yeah really good. i just didn't want to bring it and then leave it here and then get out of the habit oh, but, right. uh, <laughs> because i would yeah but uh But yeah, no, it's really good. And actually today I was thinking, especially in light of last week, and it's so great that God gives us the grace that he does to reveal himself progressively, even in our lives. Like we'll never have the final word on him until we get to glory and we see him. And even then it won't be us that has a final word. It's him that's giving it to us. That's right. Yeah. But we get to discover that more and more. And last week we had this really tough discussion about Jesus and politics and the church and how that all fits in. And um, I, I miss this. I just read this this morning, and it really struck me how, and we're going to get into more of this today, but about how uh, sin makes things worse. And that is a given, it seems like, but especially today where there's a lot of sin happening, yeah. it's uh, you, you kind of get you know soften to it to the point where it seems like there are no consequences and that really sometimes sin makes things better and not worse for your success here on earth and nothing really happens to you if you disobey god but uh, i was reading in genesis 11 we talk about the um uh, the tower of of babel and uh, the whole thing where the people were literally trying to build a tower to god yeah and we know this story it's famous but um it made the point here in this bible in the uh, commentary there, in light of the cultural mandate in uh, Genesis, I forget which chapter it was now, two or three, um, where you're supposed to fill the world and multiply oh, yeah. and uh, have domain over the earth, but to fill the earth. Yeah. And the author made the point in verse uh, chapter 11, verse 1, it said, uh, the, the whole earth had the same language and vocabulary. As people migrated from the east, they found a valley in the land of Shinar and settled there. So really foundationally to the story of the Tower of Babel is rebellion against that cultural mandate that God gave man at the beginning to fill the earth because they were all in one place. They all had the same language and the same values and everything. And politically, that did not mean... in the sense that their aspiration as a people was, let's get to God ourselves and not recognize that God or what God had already done for them. They were going to do it their own way and become a God to themselves in their own methodology and, and getting there and everything like that. So in a governing sense because they had disobeyed God, to not fill the earth, multiply, become diverse in different areas of the world. They were in one spot, and it meant that God had to do it himself. In verse 9, it said... uh, uh, Therefore, it's called Babylon, for the Lord confused the language of the whole earth, and from there the Lord scattered them throughout the earth. So really, God's going to do what he's going to do, but it was in despite of what they did, and it really made things worse in the end for everybody that was there because because they disobeyed God, even fundamentally. So I think we're going to get in more of a discussion like this today, but it just wowed me how it's not just, well, fundamentally, this book— we're not the main character in this book
0: which is the most
1: freeing thing because you wouldn't be able to see that application in chapter 11 if you're the main character because all these little details don't matter but if god's the main character of the book then you're going to see his glory being played out despite of man's actions and his glory is going to be there yeah so uh that's a long answer to your question but that's what I've <laughs> that's been good, seeing no just, oh, that's a good
0: answer yeah I've I, never seen that before yeah it just wowed me I well know I we just I just was reading this to the to the kids the other day actually Babel oh no nice, yeah. yeah just the other day probably uh, I don't know if it I, I don't think it was this week maybe last week but just the reality that their the whole goal for them was the the problem that mankind has faced throughout all of its history they wanted to make a name for themselves and they wanted mm-hmm. to insert themselves as the main character of the story, you know, yeah. instead of allowing God to be the king, which is like already they had gotten off track from where God was wanting them to go, uh, way back in Genesis 11. So, uh-huh. uh, unfortunately, the the detrimental aspect of sin has been prevalent in mankind's history for such a long time. The enemy has been trying to cause Mankind to stumble and fall for for so long. Mm-hmm. and and one of the the greatest tools that he has to at his disposal, it seems is to is to veer us to focus on ourselves in mm-hmm. whatever aspect that may be, and lose sight of the main character of the story, if you will,
1: right, right. So that's what we're going to be getting into today. I think we should just a, a disclaimer with the. Topic We the we put a broad label over the whole episode of, of secret sins, and I don't know where this is that will lead necessarily, but with the nature of that, we'll probably just slap a PG 13 rating just in case onto what we're going to talk about. So if you have little ones listening or kids, it might be better to listen yourself first, depending on where we get to, and we don't really know uh, where right. exactly we're going to end up, but just to cover that early, uh, so you're not uh stunned, but um, but with that. That is the big uh, thing today with ver- what you said with Babel. The issue hasn't changed in right. that humanity wants to be their own God, and sin tells them that we can find our own way to God and our own way to glory, whatever that might mean individually. So in the context of our church and in church in general, but it's very difficult to preach Christ, be clear on Christ, live out the gospel of Christ, and then throughout the week to live a life with that same thing in mind, that same mindset, be completely consistent there, and live a life for God and not for ourselves. Because the culture is so prevalently, so strongly saying, live for yourself, do all these things that are contrary to God and his word. So... That's kind of where we're going to camp out today, but we probably should start with just the definition of sin entirely for those who might not, you know, might not be in church as much or new to the faith.
0: What is sin? Why is it important? And why do we need to talk about it? Yeah, so I think that's a good question to start with. I think sin is something that we have to clearly define, and I think you kind of led us there in a sense of understanding that the whole concept of sin is very against God, So, you know, Mm -hmm. we compartmentalize slash categorize our levels of sin oftentimes, and we can uh, essentially justify around certain things because we say, well, it's just it's not that big a deal. Yeah. But the thing we have to understand is that when it's against the king of kings and the Lord of lords, it is a big deal. And all throughout the scripture, God looks at sin as a big deal. And if he's the main character, we need to model our lives and our approach and our vision after his. So if he says it's a big deal, then we have to understand first and foremost that it is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And and sin, you know, I, I think about a lot of times I think our society thinks about sin as just the things like the law, the Ten Commandments, Exodus 20, how you know you, you don't do this, you don't do this, you don't do this. Uh, but in the New Testament, and I think it's James 4.17, he also says it kind of expands the parameters a little bit, if you will, and I, and I think it's worthy of noting for us uh, today during this session is that, therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Mm. So so sin is is really a kind of a big concept and like you talked about with Babel I mean they may have felt like like oh well we're just you know we're just trying to work together I mean I could see how they may mm-hmm. have tried to reason their way around this and so we're just gonna do something great together, and we're gonna—I mean, that sounds familiar, right? Oh, yes, yeah. Uh, and so we're gonna we're gonna build this giant thing up to God, and I mean, it's gonna be awesome, and people are gonna know about us, and it's gonna be. Uh, but but the thing is, is that anything, whether it's God obey uh, uh, commanding us to do something or guiding us to do something, verse or God saying don't do it, it it's mm-hmm. it's anything that is against. What he has said. So if he says go and you don't, that's a sin. If he says don't go and you do, that's a sin. So it, it literally is um, on a broad spec on a broad scope. It really is just trying to line ourselves up with Jesus. In the life that he lived, in the life that he in, in in the life that he walked, in every component of his life, the best that we can. And I know that's very broad, <laughs> but mm-hmm. let's dig in a little bit more. What you got to add to it? Well, Jesus really ups the ante in
1: uh, his teaching. It, it's it's common thought today that Jesus is lover a lover, not a hater. He came to just be be nice to people and to teach people moral values but he didn't ruffle any feathers which is couldn't be further from the truth we look at at matthew 5 the famous sermon on the mount and we get the you've you've definitely heard it before blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven and it goes on and then he he says uh, in, in verse 17, don't think I came to abolish the Lord, the prophets. I did not come, excuse me, I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill them. Yep. So you might think from there, he's going to backpedal a little bit and say that I fulfilled them so you don't have to try as hard, do yep. as much anymore. But then we get to verse 21 and he ups the ante, he says, you, you have heard that it is said to our ancestors, do not murder. We've seen in the Ten Commandments yep, we're yep. talking. And to whoever murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you, everyone who is angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Whoever insults his brother or sister will be subject to the court. Whoever says you fool will be subject to hellfire. And he goes on, uh, it, it says in verse 27, you have heard it was said to not commit adultery. Again, uh, Ten Commandments. But I tell you, everyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And he said, if your right eye calls you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away, for it is better that you lose one of the parts of your body for, than your, for your whole body to be thrown into hell. The law does not become lesser when Christ comes. It becomes amplified. If Christ fulfills it, and we're, we're going to clarify what that means, but the law doesn't lose any power, right? Um, especially to a sinful heart. And that's where the law has power, Scripture says, once Christ enters the picture. Yeah. If Christ fulfills the law, then we see even more need for a Savior, and we see deep, more deeply, how the sin and the law affects our sinful hearts. As a judge, as the Scripture says, um, because it is—it's uh, just that deep. And yeah. I think the, the the even the first a lie, a secondary to the garden after Adam and Eve uh, believe the serpent eat right. of the fruit and believe that lie that the the uh, the serpent was telling them that said, God really does not know what he's talking about. He doesn't know the best for you. Immediately after that, they realize that they're naked, have shame from that, and immediately go to cover themselves. Even though they're the only ones in the garden, yeah. there's no one to hide from except God. Yeah. So immediately the lie presents itself from Adam and Eve that appearances matter more than the heart more than what's going on inside yeah because as long as they were covered they felt that they could hide themselves from god and hide their sin from god and that's the ultimate folly and you, you see that the foolishness that they could even hide from god especially as you read Genesis 1 through 3, that they're communing with, they're with God every day and God's this all-powerful creator and being that sees everything, created everything, and set up the entire, you know, state of play for them, if you will. They think they can hide from God by covering themselves up. And that that hasn't changed. And that's the fundamental lie of sin. And that's what Jesus is getting at is that we think... As the Pharisees did, as people do, that you can look at the Ten Commandments, even as um, who wasn't the New Testament that told Jesus the rich young ruler, "I fulfilled all of these from my youth." Yeah, yeah. Jesus said, uh, f- "You know, keep the law and obey my commandments." He said, "I've done that already." Yeah, and then Jesus goes on to show him that he's not, he he hasn't really, but that's the lie that if we do what we're supposed to, do, A, B, C, D on the outside. Yeah. Then that
0: matters more than what's going on inside our hearts. Yeah, that's a great that's a great word. I I, I always think it's a it's an interesting Matthew five there. It's a great challenge to us. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, and tying that into to Genesis, uh, the reality is is uh, that it's not so much you know a lot of things a lot of times legalism and and things that have to pertain to the law. We can take those as being simply external and and not internal you know we we say well uh, on the outside we look great you know we can do the thing the you know, rich young ruler i you know i'm i'm uh, what jesus would expose in his life was effectively an idol but he thought the idol could be hidden you know and so mm-hmm. he wasn't going to he wasn't going to bring it out to light he he wanted to keep it hidden and still uh, mm-hmm. s- essentially reap the rewards while holding on to the idol you know and and Jesus said, look, it's it's more than just on the outside. You know, he called the the Pharisees a whitewashed tomb, you know, the 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 understanding that on the outside you look polished, but on the inside you're a dead man's bones. And so he said there's no life internally. And I think, you know, that filters in. I think in the it can filter into the church. It can filter in yeah. To our own personal lives, sometimes just in society and community. And, and sometimes, you know, that can be very different what people see versus what our family even sees. Yeah. And we try to, we like the polished view, but in reality, um, we're we're not so polished most of the time. You know, we we are in desperate need of a savior. And especially when 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 Jesus says it like he says it, like, you know, it's not just what you do, it's not just committing the act. Of murder, but it's hate. It's not just committing the act of adultery, but it's lust. It's not, and so now you have this great spectrum, like this. And what Jesus, I think, always is trying to do is bring us from a physical view to a spiritual view. Yes. Bring it bring it uh, into the eternal and he, he constantly, you know, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, you know. I mean, I just think he constantly store up your treasures in heaven where moth and rust doth not cre- not yep. constantly. I want you to see spiritual. I want you to see eternal. Don't get caught up in in the physical side of things. But uh, it's so easy for us to do that just because we mm-hmm. live in a physical realm. Yeah. And 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 so I mean I think of some questions, but I know, I know you have some questions too, but I just, you know, just for people that are listening, you know, what is, how do we, how do we prevent that from dominating? Mm. You know, it's just something, a question that comes to mind. We don't have to dig into it right now. It's just for, for us to think about, for you to think about where you are is, you know, because it's so easy, like you said, to be dominated, uh, you know, effectively by the culture, to be dominated by the world, to be dominated by the thought process there to go ahead and put a lot of emphasis on that whitewashed tomb mentality where, you know, you do some good works, you feel good about yourself, but it might be an internal need for some serious repentance, some serious, you know, yes. yeah. And, and we just are content to go on because the whitewashed tomb mentality, you know, right so I guess that's just a question that pops up even as we talk about this like how do you how do you balance that in life where you don't allow the physical which is in many in some ways part of what we live in for sure but that doesn't need to be the domi- the dominating factor because that's the temporary that the Bible talks about and we're mm-hmm. thinking eternal so right right and we can even go there the you mentioned contentment
1: and physical and materialism is such a huge thing in our culture today. Yeah. It's all over the place. You can get anything from Amazon in 2 days or less, yeah. even same day. You could you have access to anything to buy or to have. We see this in the way we treat credit cards in America nowadays. And just painting with a very broad swath but these these uh, banks and Credit union credit card companies, they make a ton of money because yeah. people generally, and I'm, I'm, I I'm—I speak for myself, save great advice that I've been given growing up to prevent me from that. But there seems like there's a lot of incentive to uh, pile up credit card debt, and buy whatever you want, have whatever you want, live the American dream, but live it as a facade because yeah, that's true. it's not really money that you have yeah. and it's insanity. But there's so I, I don't, uh, I've read exact sp- statistics rather on those. I forget them now, but it's just staggering how much debt we're in as Americans, let alone our national government. There we were going last week. A trillions of trillions, trillions of dollars yeah. in national debt, but even individually consumer debt, it's just off the charts. We were uh, we actually got to buy a car, and uh, <laughs> well, it's not bad debt. that We have a car payment now, but uh, we were talking to the finance guy, just asking him where because we we got outside financing and yeah, uh, just one of the lowest interest rate, whatever. And we asked the guy what um, where do you often see people getting their loans from. And he said, you'd be stunned how many people are going to these uh, different credit unions that he named, kind of these no-name credit unions and banks, to get these loans that spread out over 96-plus months, years and years and years, to get these new, uh, it was a, a Chevy dealership, so the Silverados, oh, the Tahoes, yeah. and uh, these new cars that go like $100,000 plus, and people can't afford them. Yeah. So they're getting these loans- So they can have the car and look like that. It's just insanity to me. And I, I, again, I've been blessed to know people been raised by, you know, Dave Ramsey and, you know, suggested he say, so we, I'm privileged to that, but that's not everybody's experience. And that's not what's valued in the culture today. It's much better to have the expensive car than to not have a 10 year car payment that you're paying five hundred dollars a month
0: on just
1: for that car yeah that might not even last you that long you know it's
0: it's and, and I think, I think it, I think it, you, you know, you mentioned the rich young ruler. I think it ties in, you know, to, to that kind of mentality too that where, yeah. where that, and you're right. It's not real, right? Like you, you own it <laughs> kind of, right. Uh-huh. But you get to use it, but really uh, you don't actually own it until it's, it's paid off. I mean, arguably, I guess people would have different opinions of that, but you know, if you stop paying it, obviously it's not yours anymore. It, it, it's taken back. So it's such a, it is weird. It's a weird Uh, it's a real weird mentality that's floating around. It's a, it's an idol. I think it's, it can become, it can become, it's not automatically, but, um, and what we see that playing into, it plays into everything really, you know, the love of money, Mm -hmm. the Bible talks about that, you know, it's the you know, root of all evil. So there, there's a lot of things, even some of the secret sins that we're going to, we're going to talk about that kind of tie into that kind of concept. Mm -hmm. And uh, and, and it's it's something. One of the things I found in ministry is the more that you accumulate on the side of materialism, the less that you're able to give oftentimes to the Lord because right. you have to you have to compensate for that large debt somehow. And usually, what that means is you have to work more to pay for it. So. At the same in the same way, you gotta you gotta take more time from God than what you would like to in order to pay. And so it's like this. Yeah. This terrible downward spiral is what it, it seems like, you know, right, spiritually, right. Spiritually. Oh, spiritually, but that yeah. definitely pays. If you're a, somebody just living in the world,
1: it'll pay to not give to the church, not tithe, not uh, be in the Bible because those, that time, that money can be spent on business, yep. on personal development, all of these things that are yep. very prevalent in our world. And that'll get you ahead. Yeah. And that's scary because without these guidelines, and what we're going to get into today, if I could say, that, I think that's a good word, guidelines. Yeah, that Scripture lays out in Christ as a Jesus follower, and this is not separate from following Jesus. Right. This is all built in. It's all turned up on its head, yeah, as opposed to what we hear nowadays, because. You're going to have to start paying attention to those desires that are given to you as ideas from the culture and things that are widely accepted and okay, like a giant car payment or a giant house payment or anything that people even at church will turn a blind eye at. But that's not going to help you follow Christ better or glorify christ and often that's not seen to anybody else except you yeah so i think that's why we need to have the conversation is that these things and we're going to get into more nefarious secret sins that take the headline on when you think about secret sins but even in terms of materialism and things that are widely accepted in our culture today even encouraged people aren't going to see that until you're broke or the spiritual effects start to come out and the, the big blow up happens in whatever form it yeah. might be. You go to live with someone else on that side that began with adultery in the heart. But yeah. Nobody sees that adultery in the heart. Yeah. And that idol of money, it might begin with that giant karma, but nobody sees that till you lose your house or just get into gambling, something like that. And that's a, Slippery slope argument. I'm not trying to get into fear mongering, but we see it happen. And in the church, especially in pastors. And that begins
0: with things that nobody else sees except God. Nope, that's a great segue. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it do, it does begin with that and and really what Jesus does in Matthew 5 is he he flips the script you know i mean i, I really feel like in a big way that he he brings us to this place where we have to understand that there is a uh, there is almighty creator that sees the things that no one else sees and so i think a mm-hmm. lot of times what makes secret sins easy for us or easier is the fact that we feel like many times that nobody's going to know that, you know, no one's going to see that. So as long as people don't recognize that, and that's the whole, again, that's that's the putting on a facade or an appearance, you know, in front of people, as long as they don't know, and that's happened to a lot of pastors, as you, as you referenced, you know, we can do some of these things over here and and nobody will know for a while and we can get along and get get and, and it's okay cuz nobody knows but the one thing i think you know as we talk about sin that we have to understand is it's it's really not as important that you realize or or what people know yeah as it is that god knows everything right and so a lot of times, because we live in this physical realm, we go with this mentality that, well, nobody's going to know. Well, that is never, ever the case, ever, yep. because there may not be any other person that knows, but nobody that's listening to this podcast or, or you and I are going to answer to any other person. The, the main thing when we talk about any sin, but secret sin that we feel like we can hide and disguise is that God always sees it. He, mm-hmm. he, he always knows. So like yes. the, this whole cultural mentality of, well, as long as, you know, as long as there's just this little one or nobody sees it, then that must be okay because it's not right. that big a deal. It's like, no, I mean, that's, that is such a worldly mentality, I think, yes, that Jesus is trying to get away from in Matthew 5 and pull us into the eternal
1: Right, absolutely. And I hope you'll stay with us, those who are listening, because I have been where a lot of you are right now, feeling convicted, feeling pressure in your spirit. And no one else can see that. But those of you who are in secret sin or have done these kind of things that we're about to get into, you know the heaviness of heart that that brings and the pressure that makes you want to turn this off. But let me. Give you encouragement today. For one, in Christ, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. We're going to get into that, and I'm not putting the cart before the horse in saying that if Christ has paid your debt, then you are viewed the same way in heaven if you have just done whatever and are in Christ then if you have fulfilled the law perfectly in your mind and are in Christ. If we do believe in Christ and the atonement, it doesn't mean that what we do—I'm not saying that what we do doesn't matter, because it does, and Scripture's clear on that, and there are consequences to sin, and sin's a big deal— but ultimately, at the end, it's a story of hope. And that's why we're following this today, is that following Jesus does not lead in the end to condemnation, it leads to hope. So we hope, that, we hope you'll stay with us in this today, and I'm definitely not saying we're going to get into these sins, why, it, why sins an affront to God's character, and why it's bad. But really, a lot of you know that in your hearts already, that it's a big deal that we're dealing with and feel like you can't talk to anyone about it because it's going to be the end of your life in one way or another as you know it right now. So we hope that you'll stay with it. Just a disclaimer, don't go away. Yeah, yeah. So Because it's not going to be a, a, a... Hail it, you know, hellfire yeah. and brimstone kind our, of message.
0: Again, remember, our goal is not uh, uh, to breathe condemnation. Our goal is to to be the most like Christ that we can be. And so, like Andrew said, it is it is a hopeful scenario because somebody's paid the price for those things, and and he and he's a forgiving Savior. So it's not that we are in this yeah. hopeless scenario. Uh, and and if we're honest about it, Andrew and I both are not speaking from a place of someone living in perfection as a matter of fact quite contrary to that we are Absolutely incredibly not. far from it and these are things possibly that we have dealt with on personal levels ourselves and and the lord has worked in our heart has convicted we've we've been forgiven of these things so it really isn't I, I'm glad that you, you you mentioned that it's not it's not an effort to do that it's just trying to understand okay you have those things we have those things what do we need what do we need to do about Them, you know, and 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 that's what the Bible and what Jesus is going to teach us. I mean, there are people in Jesus's life. I even think about who are kind of pulled out of what they thought possibly were secret sins, adultery, or you know, you know, having five husbands and one living with. I think about just these different things come to mind. Zacchaeus and the you know the thief that he was, uh, but but you know, Jesus didn't approach them and just say, "I can't." Believe that you, you know, he approached no, them with yeah. loving truth, and that's really what right. we want to strive for. Even in this, is to is to be loving and truthful, and hope that someone listening um, can can have a closer walk with him as a result of of us just being open and honest with his word yeah. and sharing the truth with him.
1: Right? Yeah, I didn't mean to imply that you were bringing down the hard and heavy on purpose. Not uh, no, at all. No, no, but no. no. I but, didn't but it is hard and heavy yeah and it needs to be addressed as such but yeah again just personal experience wise i know that if you approach this according to the flesh and you know you are guilty then that's going to bring a whole lot of shame and weight and a lot of feelings that are hard to process in your soul yeah and in that the message of the gospel gets clouded as it has for me so in the holy spirit today don't feel. No, I'm just kidding. Right? Stop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there is no grounds for shame for those in Christ. So let's get into it. We'll get to those who maybe aren't in Christ, too. We'll get there. But yeah. um, let's just get to it. Pornography. Yeah, It's a huge issue today. The church largely is not talking about it. And it's hard to. It's yeah. not the church's fault fo- cuz there are the, the the church praise God is the same for those who are 90 to those who are 50 to those who are 5 years old. Right. right. So you're not going to be talking about this with 5 year olds in the room nor should you probably. Right, right. In the terms that they probably should be talked about to those who are of the the knowing age. Yeah. But thank the Lord for this kind of platform. I think we can go there and and talk about these kind of things honestly but it's a huge kind it's a huge problem in the world today and in the church because we're in the world and we're sinful and we're human. Um anytime you look on the most visited websites in the world the even in the top 10 I just referenced number 11 and number 12 were pornographic websites with billions and billions of views, billions, literally every month. And it's not something that's going to be brought out in public, but it's there. It's more accessible than ever before. You could have it on your phone without even trying hardly. Yeah. And that's an experience. It makes me extremely angry. I hope righteously, but just even the, uh, the laissez-faire nature that it's treated with in our world today and there are organizations that are working against it but it's so easy to get to you can be as young as you want accidentally stumble upon this stuff and no one would know yeah there's no age verification required on these websites and i know that's people are trying working to get that legislated but there are people actively working against that because views equals money Equals people buying things and becoming engrossed in that the cycle that many of, of us might be in of addiction. And I think it's it's safe to say it is addictive in both the immediacy that you can access it, the nature of which these things are and are made yeah. for Quick viewing and for getting a, a bunch of times in a row of different uh, things that whatever you'd you'd want, it's there. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing stopping our kids from finding it, mm-hmm. which is completely absurd. Yeah, and it should anger anyone. Anyway, that's part of my story. To speak honestly, I was in uh, pornography for a long time. And, uh, it's not a thing I'm proud of by any means. Um, and I was brought a lot of shame in my life as I've lived it. And, um, it started when I was about, uh, 12 years old, I think, um, there was something on, on sports center and, uh, just obviously not pornographic, but leaning in that direction. I was right. curious, so I Googled, and uh, one thing led to another, and there it was. And uh, again, super easy to get to. And if it was easy then in 20, you know, whatever that the 2010s mm-hmm. on uh, the family desktop computer, then a bunch of these kids today have smartphones as early as 8, 9, 10 years old. Yeah. And... know what to do with this stuff and neither did i Mm -hmm. so there began a cycle that lasted far longer than it should have and praise the lord i'm not in that cycle today but it's not to say there's not temptation or lasting shame or effects or anything like that even today it changed my life more than i ever expected that it would in so many ways and i'm sure we could get into that as many people have better than we i will today um online and there yeah again anything you can find online but especially yeah, these right, kind right. of testimonies it takes you and doesn't leave you so let's start there i talk for a long time what do you uh, think? no
0: you're good you're good i mean i i'm thankful for your openness to to just share you know past struggles because we all have those i i think i think when I think about anything and, and, and again, with, with the pornography piece, I know that it's, and it's affected pastors too. I'm sure that there may even be pastors that's, uh, that's listening that may, may be being impacted by it or have been in the past. I mean, I, I, know it's just the reality. And, um, and, and the thing I feel like that even as you were talking that we all, we all have to realize is, you know, so many things were driven so much by lust, you know, lust in various forms. It's not just sexual, but it, it, certainly is sexual too at times and Mm -hmm. um, and and the cleverness of the enemy i think in this is something that we really have to to be aware of like it's not that the tactics are new but but there is this there is this leading away so so i think about a secret sin like pornography that you can be doing and still claiming uh, christ claiming claiming but but every every step you take toward lust you're kind of stepping away from that unity, that close relationship with God, and it's yeah. impacting that. every. So, so you may say, well, it's not, that, it's not that often. I mean, I'm just thinking about things that I do to, to kind of justify, you know, I, I don't do it that much, or it's not that big a deal, or nobody knows, but, but the, the thing that we have to realize is the big eternal picture is that our desire and hope is to be as close to God as what we can, and sin is a separator. So it doesn't matter like how big you or I deem that. like it, it still is steps away. Mm. It steps away, and and even though you may say, "Well, I'm not doing anything physically. Like I'm not, I'm not. Che- I'm just looking. You know, what's the harm in looking? Well, it's a, it's mm. a lustful look. And I, I turned to to First John two, and it says, for all that's in the world, verse sixteen, the the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. And so I think it's really important when we talk about any such sin, uh, secret sin, big sin, little, whatever we would deem it, is that the 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 goal at the end is for us to be the most like Christ that we can be. And every, everything, just like in Matthew 5, Jesus says to think about it, to lust after a woman. You know, that is, mm-hmm. you, you know, you're guilty. All those things draw you away. Uh, and there's this illustration, it's kind of, it's, it's not the it's a, it's a youth illustration so i come from being a youth pastor and <laughs> and, and so you have to excuse it nice. but uh, i remember I'll, I'll use the the time that my good friend brian davis uh shout out to brian davis here uh, mm. that he used this at one of our youth camps and and what he did was he he uh filled this blender with all kinds of of good like fruits and stuff like i think he probably had blueberries and raspberries and and all this stuff and it and it was really coming together nice and you know all the students were sitting or looking and he 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 did it as, uh, in front of everybody and he's like all right so so we've got things in our life that are pretty good relatively pretty good and so we 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 add all this into our our blender of life and uh, and and it was looking like a great smoothie and then he had uh, it was pretty funny he had he had found some uh, some dog droppings and he said and then but we do have a few bad things but they're just maybe not that big maybe not as many in our minds as what this great fruit was when we added it in. So we'll just put a little of this in there and then we'll blend it all together and it's no big deal. Who wants to take a drink of it? You know, and, and, you know, there's not a whole lot of people volunteering for dog poo smoothie, you know? Uh, And so, but, but it's just that reality. Like we, we think, well um, it's, there's so many worse things. Uh, There's so many good things that I do. I help all these people. So what difference does this make? But, Uh but at the end of it all, you're still putting a little bit of unhealthy stuff in the mix of uh, other uh, what could be a healthier relationship with God and with Christ a closer walk with thee if you will right and and i think with all of these things that's that's what's detrimental it really isn't doesn't matter as much who knows it you know it and i know it yeah and god knows it and mm-hmm. and that is that is the most important relationship that any of us will ever have Yes, And I think whether it's pornography or lusting after anything, it, 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 it accomplishes the same detrimental end result, uh, uh-huh. a separation.
1: Yes, absolutely. And that plays itself out in in very feasible, tangible ways. As they're seeing, there are many groups nowadays. There's a, a fight in the new drug as a secular organization, uh, Exodus Cry. I don't know if they're Christian or secular, but... It's a, uh, some momentum centered on the fact porn is bad for your mental health. It is bad for your physical health. Yeah. And there are many people who say differently, but we, there's strong, even scientific evidence today to say from a complete secular perspective, which praise God, we have much more grounds than that, Yeah, but we, ha- it's, it's bad for you. Yeah. And it plays out practically in what the scripture says, yeah, I, I forget exactly where, but um, that, that Ah, uh, the sexual immorality—you're you're sinning against yourself. It is self-inflicted wound, both spiritually, physically, in every way. It's not good for you. And I yeah. think a, a lot of people know this, but it's—it's it's tough because the—the um, the temptation to either look or do whatever does not look like dog droppings in the moment, nor That's does right. it feel that way afterwards. So really. We, I, I've, I've, I heard those uh, illustrations, and they're effective for years and years and years. Words to stop why it's so bad. Actively understood why it was bad, and still did it because there is a very attractive nature sinfully to those things, yeah. and it's meant to be that way. To even where it's, uh, you, you, uh, I heard the trope growing up all the time about how it's uh good in the moment but then afterwards it's not. Yeah. And that's largely true but there's a little bit to where it's actually good after the fact and it feels good enough to go back and a lot of that's intertwined with shame and things that keep you in that cycle that are bad but some of them are quote good memories. Yeah. That you're not necessarily ashamed of in your sinfulness. So you're you're kind of stuck in that place to where it's a half truth, and all the sinful part of you wants to cling to that little part that seems true, but we're still in that spot where a half truth is a lie and not yeah. true at all. To the point where that other part, if you stick with that analogy, is active poison spiritually and physically and mentally scientifically all the things that's going to put you in a spot worse off than you were before. Yeah. And it takes a lot of strength and things that play with that logic, but are still apart from that logic piece. You're not going to convince anybody because I know that you should stop because of this, this and this. And I think oftentimes it's where the church has failed is that, Um, And not talking about anything from personal experience. I've had great mentor, whatever. But with that, even with things that aren't necessarily sinful or so loaded but even spiritually like you should follow christ because of a b c and d there's so much more to christ that gets neglected when we take that route so if we say that you should stop watching porn do it whatever because of a b c and d and one of those things is christ you're getting an incomplete picture of who christ wants to be in your life and who is because if it is all about Christ and we're following Christ as the goal of our salvation, as the scripture says, then that kind of logic, it's, it's, it's on the same playing field that someone could argue to go to those things. It's, it's gotta be separate. I'm trying to figure out how, what I'm trying, it's, it's right there. But, Christ is above all of these things, and there's a Holy Spirit that Christ has given us that brings us community with God, connection to God, and holiness in our lives. All of those coincide to where we have true life in Christ that you cannot possibly experience when you're sinning, which we have to Make that the main point as we're talking about this as a church and as Christians, because while the Spirit can work through you while you're sinning, you can do the righteous acts and even impact people for the better um, while you're in such a thing. I can lead worship on Sunday, be in this as people have preached mm-hmm. while in sin. Mm-hmm have the Spirit work through them, and we see that throughout Scripture of sinful people being used by God while still in sin. Mm-hmm. What a gracious, you know, yeah, patient yeah. God God is. Yeah. But you can do that, but still not have life in God. So that's where we're after and where we have to get to is not just quitting porn for the sake of quitting because right. you'll never get there. Right. But you're either going to follow one way or another, one way that the world says... If you're going the secular route of quitting quitting because it's better for your mental health, that's just going to lead you to still sin, have lust in your heart right and just take steps back from where you were to where you're uh, have that sin in your heart but you're either uh I've you know read people online say uh, just have uh, you know just have sex and not look at porn it's better premarital out oh, extramarital yeah. sex. Yeah. Which it would be probably for that side of things, your mental health, physical, whatever, but still it's just as far apart from God's plan for you as that watching porn is. So you're either going to go that way or the other way where you're not only giving up porn, but you're going to have to dig deeper into that desire piece of your soul to where you're going to be forced to decide, am I going to love porn? The world? Am I going to follow sin in my heart in the sense where it's always there? You feel bound to sin. You believe it has power in your life or in Christ. Are you going to believe that He's the way and let His Spirit do that work? It's not going to happen immediately. It never did happen for me immediately. And I uh, read stories of people. Where it did, and yeah. they never did anything again. Yeah. And it was I longed for that, but yeah. that. That wasn't my story, and isn't you know my, my yeah. story in terms of recovery from that. But in Christ, if the Spirit's there, as He is patient and kind and sanctifying, and all those things work together, He's not going to make you holy, and then you're just going to become boring, dull, right? Whatever. Right. And that and the, that world of porn is very exciting. That's one of the lies that you yeah know, there, there there's nothing except antiquated ideas in the realm of God. But that's a lie. When you go to God, he's going to change you. So that's where it has to be and where we have to preach the gospel to ourselves and as a church to each other. It's not a moral matter of, in the sense of, do this, don't do this. Because that's only going to get you part of the way and really nowhere at all. Yeah. As you all probably know.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think, I think that's a great point that, It's not something that we can accomplish, you know, and and if we could accomplish it, you know, we wouldn't need we wouldn't be as desperate need of a savior if we could just fix ourselves. Right. Like, I mean, Everything, I mean, even when you talk about that issue in particular, I mean, everything is drawing your attention to that, I feel like. The way, the things even on appropriate channels, if you will, are trying to to, oh goodness, to draw that's... people there. And, you know, now mm-hmm. the open access and everything, I mean, you just start to see a picture when you look in the spiritual realm of, uh, or try to look there, of how the enemy is operating and he's definitely tugging at you in the places that he knows will get you to fall and fail. I mean, and and he does it it just, I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, like so many times we don't even pay attention, I'm afraid. And, and even myself included. And I'm like, I look back at some of these things that I failed and, and, F- uh, failed and fallen in and I'm like man I, I you can see what he's doing like he's he's just like alluring you just a little bit a little bit a little bit and then he puts it everywhere just where it's it's okay enough to make it on most places uh but it's it's enough to to kind of draw you in a little deeper and yes. and that's to your detriment and and a lot of times you don't you don't realize that up front or you don't pay attention to that leading uh, up front, but uh, but but the the key thing, and I, I turn to Matthew twenty two is is what Jesus says, and it all has to it really has to do with, and I and I think about Ephesians two is by grace you are saved through faith, and not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, mm-hmm. not of works. I that's such a that's such a key line, right? Like not of works, like you you and I, I've known people that that struggled with in addiction and different things. It's not generally it's not something. I had someone very close to me struggled with an addiction, and it was something that they wanted to stop because they felt like it was too important to them and it was over God in their life. And because of their love mm, for God, right. they were able to stop in his strength. Uh, so it's it's very, very different. It's very important to note that. I mean, this is not our sheer power and will that we're talking about here. It is literally our love for a savior, a love for a father that says, yes. we want to be close to you. We understand what Jesus has done and we're striving to get there, but we just need you, God. We need your help. We need your strength to overcome it. So Jesus says the two greatest commandments since we started with the Ten Commandments, you know, he summed it all up in the fulfillment of the law in this Mm. way in, in Matthew 22, 37. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is likened to it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And, and, And if we love God... The more we love him, the closer we grow, we're going to find strength to overcome because it'll be, we'll be operating in sanctification in his strength in the power of the spirit and not in our own strength and ability, which is always going to leave you, you failing. Right. So, uh, and I think that that is key for any sin, any addiction, any secret thing like you, I would never say I'm not very strong. Uh, I'll just be honest. I'll throw that out there. I, I can't really, you know, I, I I set my mind to things, you know, the old New Year's resolution thing, right? That lasts mm. like a whole day, and you're like, oh man, <laughs> darn, missed it. Have January second, fail. <laughs> right. But but you know, I mean, that just proves out like we we have some good intentions and some good ideas, but in all reality, we're mm. not that strong, you know. I mean, we yeah. we need God and and His strength and His ability, you know, His guidance to overcome any addiction. Any any struggle like mm-hmm. that, because one of the things while we're living in this world, the enemy is operating. I mean, the yeah. you know, he it is a war. It is a battle. And so there are things and he has had a lot of time to try to perfect these skills. There are things that he will do as leads to something much worse that we have to be careful of. I mean, we can think I've heard a lot of times. I mean, People say things like they'll hop into, you know, talking about secret things, even dating, small thing, dating relationships or friends, oh, sure. and, and yes. you hop in there and you're like, man, this person, you know, I know Jesus, this person's lost, and and you know, maybe maybe I can be the one that saves this person, you know, and, and kind of get that like, ah, oh, I think I can handle this. And and and, you know, again, it's a it's an alluring oftentimes that a lot of times will leave you farther from God than it will bring them closer to God. Because right, right. when you dabble in the dirt, like you get dirty a little bit. Not not saying then people are dirt. When you dabble dabble in things, you get it on you, essentially. So it's hard yeah. to stay clean from it when you're in it. And, and you know, there's a lot of a lot of students be it coming from youth pastor environment think you know i can i can hang with this group and stay outside of the parameters of what they're doing i can i can do this a little bit and it won't really impact me but i can tell you that the way the nature of the operation of the enemy it seems is he typically starts with small and then he he pulls you and he and, and, and he just attracts you a little 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 and then before you know it you're immersed oh yeah and then you're panicked. Like, oh, I yes. know this isn't right, and our natural tendency, I need to get out of it. I need to get out of it, but you can only get out of it as you come to God, as right. you draw nearer to him.
1: Yes, yes. And that ultimate lie in there that the devil feeds you is I can do it. And yeah, that's I what can gets people it. in the the cycle, especially yeah. in 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 pornography or even if you're in that dating space. That's why we believe that um that we shouldn't have sex before marriage for those who are in a dating relationship. It's not just a a traditional uh, conservative idea. That's not, we're not prudes or, you know, we're not going to do it. That's, why do it if it's not, it's obviously not fun and we're not just like a, a killjoy. Yeah, we yeah. do it because we believe that God has designed marriage between a man and a woman to be that place where sex exists. Yeah, It's yeah. a gift in that. So when we're in this place where we're sinning in the sense that we're, um, we're distorting the meaning and purpose of sex and going against God saying, I can do it. By my by myself, because I think sex should be done this way, or I think I, I could get out of it this way. That only leads us back into the cycle of that sin. Even if we're trying to get out of it and realize it's sin, yeah. it'll lead us back into it. Because if we're telling ourselves that we can do it, we're very quickly going to realize the biblical truth. That's also a a, a physical and uh, experienced truth as. It all is. It's all real. But especially in that sense, we'll know that we can't do it on our own if we're going for that route. There's not going to be a way that we can earn back our righteousness or our sense of being okay before God if we've already been there. We can't pay for our own sins, and we know we can't do enough right to subtract the wrong, and that's what that shame stays in our hearts and gives sin power to bring us back, because then that's the escape to experience it again, get out of that pressure that sin creates because you're separated from God, as you were talking about. And with that promotes the lie that it's better or you, you know you're not going to be able to move closer to god and god doesn't really want to be close to you because what you're trying isn't working yeah. what you're experiencing is not bringing god to you so god must not want to
0: be near you yeah. which is
1: the bigger lie
0: yeah and it makes you it makes you feel really unworthy to even be Yes, close to him, you know, and I and I think, yeah, it's all it's all lies. Like, I mean, you know, we have a savior that loved and forgives and, and wants to reconcile us to God. And we know that because the scripture tells us that. But but so many times it is like this. It's this. Terrible pattern and, and uh, the yeah. enemy Knows if he can trap you in it and, and You can start in this cycle you're going to Find you're going to find you're not going To find what you're looking for and, and and I Like that you mentioned dating relations is Premarital sex things like that you Know I mean and even I could Just hear all the you know things that I've Even used that I've you know this This justification in your head you Know it isn't really hurting anybody And yeah. and you may marry them One day and sure. you you know all These things but but the reality is is that even though the the enemy wants to tell you the lies it doesn't change the truth of the word of God like it still is the absolute truth it still is eternal that God has designated it for a particular time or a particular person in a particular way yes. and in that context it's incredibly special it's a it's a huge blessing it brings you together uh, but outside of that um, it just it, it separates it's it's hard it, it, it pulls you down a road that even yes. years later, you look back and you say, man, you know, I wish I, I mean, you're forgiven for it in repentance, but yeah, you know, you still say, I wish that I hadn't, you know, I mean, I see, I see how it impacted. I see how it affects me now, but so many times in that moment when the lies are flying, you don't really uh, your your tendency is to grab hold to one piece, like you said in the lie, and say, "Yeah, well, you know, I mean, this is uh, this is not a huge deal." But, uh, yeah. but again, it's not not man's perspective, culture perspective. It's God's word that we're striving to follow. It's the Savior's truth that we're trying to follow, and not not the world's perspective.
1: Yes, and we need to get out of that if we're in that. And I think we've made that case. If If you're there, maybe sin's hardened you enough to where you're still not convinced by what anybody's saying, by the word or things, you're convinced that porn is a better friend than God is. And I'm sure some people are there. You go to church for the habit. You do things because you do them and that's what you're supposed to do. But really, you're in what you're in, in your heart, Yeah, and you're far from it you need to get out of there because yeah. that's death. Yep. It's literally death. And that's what leads. Yeah. That's why God says the sexually immoral there's, or how do they say they they will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Right. You can be a Christian all that you want, but there's two paths. And yeah. that's it. That the road path that's narrow that leads to God and the path that leads to hell. Yeah. And the path that leads to God can only be revealed to you. And you can only be brought through that path by God himself. Yeah. So, it only leaves one option if you're in sin and you don't see a problem with it. You're okay with living in it because nobody's going to see it. And you can live your Christian life and not feel any guilt or anything about it. You are on that road to hell. I yeah. can't say that emphatically enough. That's why the scripture says that. And you're that trumps the way you feel. I have been there personally yeah. to know that. You can go to church every week, leave there, become a completely different person, still be the same person on the outside, but be doing something completely different inside of you. You're going to waste your life, as I wasted some of those years, I can admit, but that comes with hope that God is chasing after you. So there's some of you, I'm sure listening to this, who know it's wrong and are in the sin keep going you're on the right path of knowing that it's sinful and fighting against against it yeah. and it's worth fighting because yeah. god's going to bring you through if you are in christ that yeah. is a great truth of the call it uh you know perseverance of the saints but really it's perseverance of the savior yeah. in that if you're in christ he's going to pull you through that because you are inheriting the kingdom of heaven through christ so therefore if you're in christ you're not sexually immoral and you're standing justified in Christ. If you believe in Christ, that is not your identity in the eyes of the father because he sees you in Christ and by that blood that you've been bought with. But that's going to follow as Christ sanctifies you. So you need to, you need to fight that. Yeah. And I, I love, I was listening to this sermon yesterday. He made the point that, um, grace kills self-importance and i post that our church but i just love that quote grace kills self-importance because if you're in the sin the the first thing you're going to do very very practically even is uh you're going to be either uh, self-deprecating about things say i could never i I can never stand in in sight of god and i i'm not worthy of this and i'm just gonna you know be here lowly and or on the other side, you're going to be too self-confident and uh, try and you know work your way, or say I've done this, so that doesn't uh, y- y- it counts less because I've done all these good things, or I can beat it myself, or I won't do it again, I swear, or all of these things. But those both promote in them a sense of I'm important, I can do this myself. This means a whole lot, and my life will be ruined if this comes out, and that feeds that lie Yeah, because your whole identity in yourself is wrapped up in, i got to kill this sin, i got to kill this sin. And it's all good, but you're very self-important in the process. Yeah. What grace says is that Christ has paid for your sin totally and completely. So now, even if you sin right now, if you ask Christ for forgiveness, Christ is not going to advocate for you before the Father and say, oh, please, it's about Andrew again. One more time. Yeah, yeah. Please, I beg of you, just for me, forgive him. Yeah. It's not that. Christ comes to the Father as a sermon. I, he just put it this way, that he he comes before the Father and says, it's about Andrew again. He's sinned, but I have paid for it with my blood it's there and it's unjust for you father to pay for the same sin twice or have payment for the same sin twice so you are forgiven in christ and christ advocates for you not out of position of weakness like uh using the sermon defense attorney that has no uh, no case you know but as a just and righteous payment for your sin so if he's a true advocate and the best advocate that there could be. That is the thing. For me, that's currently changing my life and view on God is that Christ loves me not in just a sense of I'm going to, you, you know, I, I'm gonna work it out for you. Just just let me wheel and deal back here. No, He has paid for me, paid for my sin with his blood, bought me, and therefore I have value. I would definitely lean towards the uh, the self-deprecating side of things. Oh, yeah, yeah. As I just, you know, really beat yourself up about it. But that brings a lightness after you, after you, uh, you know, start to realize that and start to process that, is that if you're really secure in Christ, you're secure in Christ because of Christ and his blood that he bought you for himself yeah and he you are now his i think we, we see this in uh, mark 14 and 15 peter commits the most egregious sinful sin or secret sin and sinful sin but secret sin that you could commit denying god he says yeah. in um this is while well, Christ's about to be crucified i'll just read uh, in verse 66 of chapter 14 uh, while peter was in the courtyard below uh, one of the uh, Jesus being crucified above or tried. Uh, one of the high priests' maidservants came. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, "You are, uh, you also were with Jesus, the man from Nazareth." But he denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about. Then he went out to the entryway, and a rooster crowed. Uh, and before that, Jesus said that. Uh, well, Lord, Peter said, yeah. "I will, uh, I'll stand with you, Lord, whatever it takes." And Jesus said, "The rooster will crow three times, and you will deny me three times before that happens." Um, so let's continue in that. The, the maidservant uh, saw him again. She began to tell those standing nearby, this man is one of them. But again, he denied it. After a little while, those standing there also said to Peter, again, you are certainly are uh, one of them since you are also a Galilean. And then he started to curse and swear, I don't know this man you're talking about. And really, uh, the point he made in the sermon and the point the original text is making is that what's the best way to show someone that you're not with them is to curse them. Mm-hmm. So really the text is saying that he cursed and swore against Christ and cursed him blank, blank Jesus, you know, all these things. I don't know what man you're talking about. And immediately the rooster, rooster crowed a second time, um, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down and wept. Um, so that was that. But then later, Jesus is resurrected, and he comes back to peter and i'm uh, I didn't mark this in my my Bible where it was, but he says to to Peter after he's resurrected he they're, they're in a similar setting. He says, "Peter, do you love me? Yes, he asks him three times, and he says, "Then go feed my sheep mm-hmm. even though he cursed Christ and felt the best way to save himself was by cursing Christ. And he Mm -hmm. did that. Christ's mercy came to him and said, you're forgiven. And not only are you forgiven, you have power now to lead my church because you were the worst of sinners. You can be the greatest disciple. You can lead the church of sinners. So it turns this lie on its head that we have to be perfect to follow Christ, you have to clean yourself up to ask forgiveness of Christ, or that Christ is reluctant to forgive you. If Christ's blood is true and it's pure, then it will save you fully, and it, it negates or eliminates any need to have any merit of your own to live for Christ then. You can say, this is where I was, and now I'm here because of Christ, whereas in sin, you're not going to have that testimony because it's going to be a gospel, a good news of you pulling yourself up, and that's not a gospel at all, Mm -hmm. and that's not going to get you anywhere. The only way the gospel makes sense is in the blood of Christ and in Christ being the advocate for you, and that's where freedom is found, because then... Horn anything, loses all of its power because you don't need it anymore to escape the pressure of being your own savior or to pull yourself back up. You don't need an escape anymore. Christ is your rest. Mm -hmm. So I found great encouragement by that passage and that point of Christ being the intercessor, as you were
0: talking about earlier, and our
1: advocate before the Father. It's such a huge doctrine that's going to change your life.
0: Yeah, yeah. I do think I do think that Peter, you know, one of the things that he did, you know, I do think Peter was repentant. I think yes. that he, yes. and I think that's a big component there. You're, that's true. You're, that you will find forgiveness, but we still, I mean, there's a there's a degree where we have to. There's a level to us acknowledging that which we couldn't really even see. Right? If you're if you're not with Christ, you're not going to see uh, the the detriment of sin in your life. But when you are in Christ, this power of the Spirit will reveal and convict of those things, and you will want to. Because of the love factor, just like in any other relationship, you'll want to repent and make that right. And, and and Peter did. I mean, we see two different, even in that, in the context of this scripture, two different opposing people. You know, Judas did something very wrong. Peter did something very wrong. Judas, I think, was sorry that he was that it was known that he did it and Jesus caught him, and his his end was very different than Peter's end, right? So so yeah, uh, yeah. and it and it kind of it it shows us and opens this window to us. Of of even godly sorrow and what that looks like in the context of the pages of this book and how it does lead to repentance and and it doesn't matter like like you said I think what Peter did was probably one of the worst th- I mean in our minds in the way that we categorize things we would say that well you walked with him Peter and you denied him right there in the moment in time when he would have needed you the most yeah, seemingly right uh, but but in in his repentant heart and approach you know Jesus. Appeared to him on the shore and fixed him breakfast there. It's it's in John twenty one and he and that's when he gives him that command. You know, like I'm still going to yeah. use you. Like right, like, right, right. You're not a butt, like just because you've done things wrong because that's one of the things that I think people do and and even in secret sin. I mean, if it's been convicting to you, you may say, well, how could God use someone like me? Mm. But I mean, that's a question that literally everybody, all of mankind, could ask. How could God use any of us because he's gracious, he's merciful, he's forgiving, because Jesus has paid the has paid the ultimate price for us that paid for our sin on the cross. If we'll ask, he'll forget. Like, yeah, I mean, that's a question that I ask. Why would how could he use me? Because I'm a sinner too by the thousands, right? Like thousands of offenses and uh, and, and it's just who he, you know, it's his, his character, his awesome. I mean, he's just a wonderful, gracious savior. Yes. And, and, and so I think it's a, it is a great encouragement in that sense to know that we might miss it. But there, there's also a distinction you made that I think is important. There is a difference in, you referenced um, walking in sin, versus committing sin and and i think those are two and i think you reference that by saying you know if you're on this path of continual sin if you're walking down believing these lies and you're you're continuing on this road it is a very dangerous place to be now that being said jesus will still forgive you i mean he'll still forgive you but um there's a difference in that and 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 also between that and well i've messed i've made a mistake today i've i've Yes. You know, I did go back this one time and I, I shouldn't have done it. And I know, you know, and it's two different, different places still against God. But the great thing is that he'll forgive of all of it. But uh, it, it I, I think when I think about that practice of sin, I think, you know, you are you are going down a dangerous place. Yes. And, and a dangerous place that those of us that have made some of the mistakes know how what lies ahead, maybe more than what is even realized in the moment when you start down the path, what lies, behead, lies ahead. Yes. And it's, it's not fruitful. It's not what you think it's going to be. It's not the lies that you're being told that it is. You're going to get to the end. You're going to find out that you're in trouble. And, and, and yeah. as you're in trouble and you grasp for straw and it can be, you know, poor, we talk a lot about lust and sexual sin. I mean, it can right, be right. It can be idolatry, you know, it could be as you look at your time, you know, where is your time invested in? Are you investing mm. time into the kingdom? Are you invested time into your savior? Or does everything else seem to, uh, to be more important in your time management than what the king of kings and lord mm-hmm. of lords is? Yeah. Because even in that, you can say, okay, well, we have to be careful that we don't step into idolatry in some of these things, because if it is your identity and it is more important than God, then there's a danger in that. Uh, And I think those things can be secret too. A lot of us don't know, like Andrew doesn't know. You don't know what I do when I leave this place. You know, I'm here for eight-ish hours a day, but once I go (laughs) home, you know, how is my time being spent? You know, how is my time even? And so we have to come to terms again. It's not so much between you and anybody else as much as it is between you and the Savior, between you and God. Um, And so there, there are a plethora of things that you can, that you can hide and you can disguise and you can think that it's not that big a deal. Yes. But um, in the eyes of the father, it is a big deal. And the main thing is your relationship, my relationship with him and anything that's going to hinder that is something that needs to be taken care of. Yes. And a, and a forgiving Savior, if we go, if we go to Him, we can, find, um, we can find forgiveness. We can find peace and joy and hope and the answers and the strength and everything that we need to overcome the things that seem impossible.
1: Oh, absolutely. And on that, practically speaking, if you say, I don't need God because blank, you are on that path. Right, right. Because that's not just going to be one part of your life. It's going to pervade into every part of your life. Yeah. Even in that sense that we were talking of of, of sex and and porn, of all of this, that's so prevalent today. If you say, I don't need God because I can do it myself. Nobody has to know. God doesn't have to be a part of this. You're on that path because you might quit porn, and that's great but it's not going to lead to life. Yeah, that's right. God will still say I never knew you. Yep. And that's the that's the tough truth. And yeah. I I know because you can procl- you you can say that Jesus is Lord and have that come out of your mouth. Have whatever come out of your mouth. And if that's a spot in your heart, then you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. And that's where you tell. And that's the beautiful thing about Christ is that I love even in this the the gospel accounts there's no um There's no point, I don't think, in any of the passages where Peter says, God, forgive me, where he audibly repents. Mm -hmm. And that might be, you, you, you could chalk that up to being just something that they left out because they left it out. But I think there's a bigger point there, and that repentance begins in the heart. If you have sorrow that starts with God is Lord, Jesus is king, he is righteous, and I have sinned against him, and you have that that guilt and that, that that goes to that end and not that people are going to find out, yeah. then you're on the right path. Yeah. Right. It all yeah. begins in the heart. So Peter and, and really ends in the heart and it plays out itself physically, and in this world that we're in today. So yeah. that's why Jesus said that, and that's the advantage that we have to fight against these things and to identify where we're weak in those areas is because God gives us that insight. God's about our our hearts. We we are body and and, and soul, and those things aren't separate, but they play together, and it starts with our soul, our yeah. heart, yeah. and those desires that are there, and they can only be changed in christ so when christ is there you're going to desire him and that's going to be well desire him in the sense of he i belong with him he is ultimately kind to me he is ultimately gracious to me i know I've, i've heard that so many times it becomes cliche because people say that and then don't explain what that means yeah um in the sense of desiring god wanting to be with christ because especially in the light of the sexual Perversity that's in—I think that's the word—perversion that's in our culture yeah, yeah. today. The desire in Christ—that's we have no way of referencing that without it becoming something weird, yeah. You're, you know, something that's not real or not to be taken seriously. Yeah, it it will change our hearts to the point where we will want what God wants for us, yeah. and that is to be with Him. So really, you say, and I've, I've been there. Like, how can God use me if I'm in that spot? Yeah. He's going to work in your heart first before he uses you and really if you're his then he can do whatever he want because he's god yeah right that can often come from a place where we're so again self-important and we think that it all starts and ends with us because of our sin that's just the water in which we swim yeah that uh we think that he might not be able to use us because we're damaged goods. Yeah. But really he can use us because he's God and he shows his power in that he puts himself into what he calls jars of clay that were, you know, useless for much, but he can use them because he's God. And yeah. that shows off his power in the best way to change one once was completely dead, not wanting him at all, to realizing what we were made for. In him. Yeah. But I want to follow where you were going because I think that was a good segue. What's other things today that we're entrapped in, either as a culture or individuals, even things that we might see at the church? What are some other secret sins that aren't as loaded as uh, porn? sexual morality, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Well, let me, uh, before I jump into that, Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Luke's account, when, when it comes to Peter, uh, I just found it interesting that, you know, uh, you talked about it starts in the heart, right? And, yeah. and that it's between you and God, and it's not really about, well, uh, in, in verse 61 of Luke 22, it says, and the Lord turned and looked upon Peter, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. Yeah. So, so it's that moment where he looks at Jesus. It doesn't say that anybody else knows. No right, other, right, di- right. It never says that the disciples come in. They're like, Peter, I can't believe you did this. Like, oh, that's it, good. It yeah. is a, it is between he looks at Jesus and then he weeps. Because it starts with him before the Savior, and I think that that is what you've been saying. I mean, I think yes. that's what that shows, and and that weeping bitterly it often ends that way. But you know, those that more you know they weep, they you know. Uh, so anyway, I just wanted to share that because I thought, man, that's really good. That's that's exactly it was him and Jesus, and that's where it started. He knew that what he said he had failed him. He knew he remembered. Oh, that's uh, a great, uh, but. He, Oh, oh, sorry. I was even
1: going to say that you can even go as far to make the parallel that you could be one who follows God, because Peter did. All the rest of them ran, the disciples, from when he was arrested, but Peter followed from a distance, and it was only then that he committed this heinous sin. So you could even make a parallel that those who follow Christ do still have the capacity to commit the greatest sin. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're not... We, we don't have any superpower, yeah. which is also a lie that could be told by the devil when you're in something like porn, is that what's it going to be worth, even if I, because you know it functionally to be true, that even if I get out of this, I'm not going to be any better off individually, because I'm just still who I am. Yeah. So it's not like fireworks are going to happen because yeah. I stop, Yeah. so what's it worth? Yeah. But that's not the point, because... God still is able to use Peter, even though he gets all the way there, and Peter has that still that capability to sin that deeply, even when he starts with good intentions of following God and Christ, and he chickens out at the end. That doesn't make a difference in the whole scheme of things, because God is God, and he's the one with the power. He's the one that forgives, so... It gives hope for people like pastors yeah. who uh, who think they're either too big to fail in their pride or are scared to confide in someone their their sin or even just the, the problem. It doesn't have to be like this big, you know, yeah, the, yeah. The, because again, there's no condemnation in Christ. So even in that sense, there's no need to have a whole laundry list of saying we're going to have, uh, you, you know, a, um, oh, what's the... Oh gosh, what's the book with the A? The uh, the Scarlet Letter. There's not going to be a Scarlet Letter kind oh, of situation okay. where you're going to be publicly shamed for your sin. Oh right, because right, you're right. more of a Christian than those who aren't. Yeah, yeah. Really, again, you're just uh, the, 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 there's there's no worth in our righteousness, regardless if we've been following Christ for fifty years, one year, two years. All our righteousness is found in Christ.
0: Right, right. That's right. Uh, so so yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and, and just uh, touch on a couple other places that I see. You know, with your question, I I think whether it's secret sins or just sins we don't talk often about. You know, I guess gluttony comes up uh, in a big way to me. You know, we often don't. Oh, yeah. uh, we know we know that's a biblical thing, and and but you but you rarely hear stuff like that being talked about. You know, it's just kind of something that is of the lesser sort, it would seem in our minds. We've uh, we've um, just rationalize that away, or we've just justified that away. And we say, well, uh, that's not, that's not the biggest of deals. Um, Yeah. And there's no big moral component to gluttony
1: right, in the sense right. of sexual immorality. Yeah, You're yeah, not going to have yeah. a big fall for
0: Yeah, so much. So in the physical realm, we look at that, but but still it's something that's against God and and something we, we definitely don't want to allow to remain because just like sexual immorality, I mean, it's going to be a separator from, it's going to hurt the relationship. It's not going to help the relationship.
1: Yeah, and, and if that begins in the heart, yeah, I mean, then really, it's not about eating a lot at all.
0: Yeah, in that yeah. Physical sense. Sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah. No, no, no. You're good. And then, but then, then I I think about like our worship. Like I think mm. our our uh, so many times we can be religious, and I think about the Church of Ephesus losing your first love, losing sight of your first love. I think mm. a lot of times we can do that and really really live in that realm where we're we're not really where church and what happens is i think sometimes it church becomes about us rather yes. than about him Oh, for sure and that that is one of the biggest areas I think you know some of the uh, some of the the things that we even hear people say opinionated things you know about different things you know it you know it helps helps you just see this picture I mean I think I, I would stand to reason that a lot of people can come to church week after week and and be concerned more with how comfortable things are whether things are just like the way they want it all these different things rather than be focused on Christ at all you know oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean yeah. about his love, about loving him, about honoring him, and, and I think that can make us be the center of attention, be the the one on the throne more than Christ, which is a, in a sense a form of idolatry because we're coming to church not listening to the Spirit. We're coming to church to see how it can minister to us, yes. which which is not. It's His body, it's His church, it's not ours, and and that is that is. That is a sinful mentality, I think, or it can definitely be a sinful mentality when your church and your obedience is more about you than it is about Christ. Yes. Does that make sense?
1: Oh, it absolutely does. Yeah. And that could play out in a variety of ways that do show themselves physically. You're talking about that, uh, you know, the worship service aspect and preferences if there is an aspect of self-importance to you, you think you have some sort of clout in the church because either of how long you've been there, how much you know, how much you've done for the church, yada yada yada. Yeah. Then you're in sin, you're going to think you have more say than somebody else as to how things should be done. Yeah. Even in the church setting, and you might see yourself, you know, making suggest or not e- making suggestions is great and probably preferred, yeah, but yeah. in the sense of I need this to be this way because I say it needs to be this way and this is right, yeah. even though it it's not lined out that way in the scripture. Yeah. And you're not willing to hear Differing viewpoints, yeah. Without well, getting offended
0: yourself. Well, it ends up being um, you—you you almost. This is not going to sound the, the the best. Just so you, you almost dethrone God from being in the lead, Ooh. and and you take the lead. Ooh. Uh, you know. I mean, I don't know. It does. Yeah. It does sound bad, but but in all reality, how many times do people? uh, You know, do we do we move around? Do we leave? Do we complain? Do we get upset because we don't like it? Rather than saying God is this where you want us at? Is this how you want to do it? Is this the way the spirit's leading and ourselves become the one that calls the shot in our life instead of being led and following the spirit of God in our life to see where he wants us to be. Mm. Uh, And, and it's such a 10, especially in the church culture, I would say overall in America, it's a tendency to do that in everything, even choosing where you worship, where would Christ have you to plug in, in the body we say, well, I like this better here. And that that's kind of like a secondary thing. The primary thing is is that where Christ is calling you to serve in his body and to function in his body. Oh, for sure. Uh, and even in that, it's, uh, it's self, just like at the Tower of Babel, if we go back to where we kind of started, right? It's, it's self, like self is leading the way subtly maybe at first and at times, but I think it's something that we have to fight against too. I mean, we have to be, Conscious of the fact that 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 our selfishness sometimes will try to usurp authority in our life will try to take over where yeah. God belongs and God should be and his spirit should be. Um, and, and because of that, I think we find a lot of uh, a lot of conflict, a lot of division, a lot of different things, because that kind of stuff is not there's not really the direction we should be going because you and I don't know what's coming mm-hmm. around the corner. God does. Right, right. We don't know where our gifting from the Lord and his grace can be used the best, but God does. We don't mm-hmm. we don't see the stuff that he does, but yet so many times we act like we do. And I think I think in the church that's that can become very problematic. If you if you or I or and there's been times I've done it, where if you just are coming because either that's the expectation or that's what you like or that rather than coming because you love Jesus and you want to worship him and you want to honor him then I think that could be a dangerous place and a place where hypocrisy can breed a place where, um, selfishness can breed a place where pride can breed a place, yep. a breeding ground for a lot of detrimental things yes. in the life of a child of God. Yes. Or a lost person, even for that matter, that's, you know, trying to figure it out, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And even
1: nowadays it's so, uh, our, our culture, as we said, is so materialistic that, um, it's no longer even about being a local church I think about well we're in Cincinnati a big uh, church in Cincinnati's crossroads and they do a lot of good ministry and yeah. um you know good church not speaking against crossroads at all I think they do a lot of good but um but they there it's 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 much better you could say be a Christian have a church right down the road from you and say, I'm going to go to Crossroads 45 minutes away in Eastgate. We're in Fairfield. It'd be about, you know, all the way down there because they have a better kids ministry. They have better music. They have better this, that. And I like that. That's better for my family, my situation, my. So that's what you're speaking at. Yeah. But then you can get other people who are either, uh, you know, would prefer the more traditional way of doing things say I'm here at this per- church because they're, they're solid on the gospel. And what that often means is they're either KJV only. They do all these things that are extra biblical as well. And that they like it because there's this high moral standard that'll make me a better person. And that it could be driven that way, not speaking against those kind of churches because they often they're on a very good standing in their tradition whatever that might be but there could be that mentality either way
0: yeah yeah it could definitely go both ways i mean i i think i think the big key is is that um if we're striving for him the the most important thing is what does he want like what does he what does he want for you what does he have it really isn't we have to be careful about our preferences i think Mm -hmm. Um, because preferences can get in the way sometimes of what Christ would want to do, Uh, what the Spirit would actually be leading you to do. You let preference dominate, and, and that comes from self. And and I and I think it's dangerous, and I think it can you know it's sinful because it can it can make you be the the leader of the ship or the 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 one behind the wheel instead of letting Christ drive the Spirit drive and and guide you and where uh, where you need to be. And and like you said, yeah, I mean that's that's a great example. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, it may be that God is leading. It really shouldn't be uh, um, just littered with pronouns about yourself. It should be what does Christ want? You know what. Right. What does where does he want me to go? Where does he want me to serve? Even to the point like even at, here at Rolling Hills, you know, as we are blessed to serve here, you know, it's it's one of those things. I would we would love everybody to to come, I'd love to worship the King of Kings and Lord of Lords with with the community. But that yeah. we realize that there are people that God will lead here, but there may be people that God lead other places. Yes, and we want them to be where God wants them to be, not not in our our selfishness. And sometimes you got to fight against that. You know, you don't just pull them in tug them here because you want it. I mean, you want best for them and their walk with Christ. And that may be somewhere else, you know? yeah. And that's tough. It's tough to say. It's tough to realize. But I think in light of chasing and wanting to be the best Christ follower that we can, we have to remember that it's all about him, Right. that, that he is the first love. And that goes for your worship. That goes for your ministry. That goes for everything you do, your quiet times, your day to day living. Um, everything mm-hmm. nothing's exempt you are a Christ follower 365 24 hours a day right all the yeah. time and right. and so we have to come to terms with that and i think i think the church i think it can be a real struggle in the church culture in america to to combat preference to not get caught up in the church buffet to to in church buffet, what I mean is is if you don't like one, you don't like one, you just go down the road to the next. That That's yes. kind of the, uh, it, it's really hard not to get caught in to this, well, I'm actually the one calling the shots if I really think about it, and yeah. I'm not letting God do that. Uh, right. And that could be detrimental too.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that about your ministry. I've never really experienced that um, until here, but that uh, you're very willing to, to uh, practically live that out in the sense of doing ministry with other churches for the sake of the gospel in Fairfield, Ohio, for our city. We've developed a very close relationship. You mentioned Brian Davis at Fairfield First Baptist right down the road from us. And um, they're very... they're looking to serve a different area of Fairfield than we are. We have different yeah. missions, maybe visions for ministry, different people in our ministry. Yeah, but we're fully aligned. Yeah, I think fully aligned on our view of Scripture, our view of God, and the things that He says are important for us, so we can fully partner with them and say for things that might be bigger than ourselves. So we just a youth retreat recently with them. Yep. yeah, and uh, different things that might. uh you know, go bigger than what might reach our community right here. You know, we're named Rolling Hills Baptist Church because a street right down the road from us is Rolling Hills Boulevard. Yeah, and that's yeah. the neighborhood that we're in. So that's yeah. why we were founded to, to uh, at least as far as the name goes, to be for our local community, yeah. for Fairfield, Ohio. Um, and they're that way too, so yeah. we can... Paired together with that, and really, if we're in the gospel and in Christ, then that's going to be okay. Yeah, we're going to abandon a sense that we have to look out for number one, look out for ourselves. Yeah, yeah, and survive ourselves, even if that means that people, if more people go to First Baptist, we have to believe that's okay. Or the gospel, yeah. even if we suffer financially, if we're doing all the right things, but we're not seeing results, that doesn't mean we should compete with other churches. But we're there to serve with them.
0: So I I appreciate that about what oh. you've done. Um, well, thank the Lord, and I think I think even I, I appreciate that. And and uh, but I think even in that competition, it becomes yeah. about self. Oh, for sure. Um, because really, you know, it's not a comp. We're all in the same, or I hope, you know, we're all seeking the same Savior, striving to live a life as Christ followers. Like we're all like serving together. So, I mean, in that it can become competitive and trying to pad the stats or try to get the biggest group or try to, and, and, like you said, it's just, it's just not about that. And, and that can become a secret self-driven sin, even in and of itself where, where yes. you are too concerned about your mission instead of Christ within the walls of the church.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to real quick before we move on to anything else we were getting a little off topic from sexual sin or secret sin and uh, what we were doing (laughs) and that, but now from secret sin. Um, But uh, with the whole church aspect, we're we're talking about why not to choose a local church. Can you just give a quick word on why people or how people can choose a good church just to clarify why you should either. Well, that'll probably be a different episode. Why you should change churches or how you should just a quick word on why that, how you should look at that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it, 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 it's clear in Scripture that the Scripture has has told us that we need to be a part. Don't forsake the assembling together of ourselves. Let's talk about in Hebrews. So we need that fellowship. We need um, uh, to to be a part of the body of Christ um, to serve um, for His glory, to be ambassadors, to be trained in the ministry. To uh, I mean that is something that is very scripturally based. But uh, the key is is that uh, there's there's several components to it, but it is important because it'll help you to grow. It'll help uh, you to to join into a a body of believers in Christ, but you want to make sure that the places that you're going first and foremost, that you're seeking the Lord's wisdom, but that the places is doing things God's way. Like, I mean, I think when it comes to scripture teaching and again, it's a, it's a fine line. Sometimes it's a balance. You know, you want the spirit to be on board, but, but you want to make sure that what's being taught is actually biblical. Um, and, and, and sometimes it's clear that it's not biblical and, and that's an easier decision sometimes. But sometimes it's a good preference that you may have that you deem on the same level as Bible, but it may not actually be. And that becomes a reason why you leave. And you have to be careful about those things, I think. And, yeah. and so all those things, and that's why, I mean, we couldn't say enough how important it is, you know, talking about walking with God, to be in your word, yes. to be in prayer, so that when the Spirit speaks, when God shares through His Scripture that you you know it's Him, you hear Him, and you see the direction that, that He wants you to go. A local church involvement is very important going where God has led you is very important. Uh, but, but it's not uh, preference based is not the main thing. It's the word of God. That's the main thing. And, and I think it's something that's very important for us to just be mindful of no matter where we are, if that kind of answers the question. For sure. Yeah. I think
1: it does. Yeah. yeah. And we'll probably get into that another episode before too long. That's a big deal. How yeah, that's a big deal. choose a church and yeah. when to leave or yeah. how that all works. But, uh, I think another big area, just thinking within the church and following Jesus, about how secret sin that might uh, hurt us is in the area of gossip. It's major, and I think it qualifies a secret sin in the For sense sure. that uh, you're not when you're gossiping, you're not uh, talking to the person. It's secret from the person that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and it's a killer. It's a killer. I think even more in some ways, than what a sexually immoral person might do um, that that might harm that person within relationships within the church. But there's nothing, hardly that I can think of, that hurts the church more corporately as a whole than gossip. Because, number one, it hurts the person that you're talking against, whether it be true or false. And, um, well, I guess there is a difference in... Talking about someone for the sake of, you know, praying for the—I don't know. There's a set, there, there's a difference between talking about somebody and talking about somebody, right? You right. know, and gossip being that you're spreading something because it's fun sinfully to talk about how weird, messed up, what whatever they
0: are. No, and, that's a good. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, that's. Yeah. I was uh, I I just read a passage in Second Timothy uh verse uh, chapter 2 verse 16 that says but shun profane and vain babblings they will increase into more ungodliness is <laughs> a King James uh, Yeah. babblings Babblings. Yeah, like yeah don't be a babbler but uh, but yeah you're absolutely right I mean I, I didn't even I didn't even think of that so I'm really glad you you brought it up but yeah, it is it is divisive it is detrimental you know Matthew Jesus gave us uh, terms to to settle disputes to settle disagreements that that includes you going to the person rather than talking around the person so he yeah you know he even the the great Savior in his all-knowing in his I'm omniscience, you know he he said, you know I I uh, I'm going to give you a standard to follow so that gossip doesn't become a thing, right? So if somebody offends you, you go to the person, you don't talk around the person, and. And I think in the culture we live in, social media makes that easier. Uh, it makes it. It promotes it more. It can promote it more because you can chatter on social media where you wouldn't say it to the person individually. Uh, yeah. But it but it is so incredibly divisive. It is biblically sinful. Yes. As well, and and it does happen. I would say, um, relatively a lot more consistently than it should let me just say it that way Oh yes uh, and and it's just you know it solves I, I had a preacher always tell the story that anytime somebody would come to him and start talking about someone else he he said he for for a moment in time he would pull them over to the person they were talking about and he said okay now say to them what you were saying <laughs> to me and he yeah. said it really solved the issue really quick but uh, but but it's so important because the the longer you let it go the more divisive the more detrimental the more problematic than it is within the walls of the church. And, it, and it's just, it, it really is a very, very big problem. And it really does divide in a big way. Uh, and a lot of times it's not even factual. You know, a lot of times yeah. it, it's a tendency to be deceptive, dishonest, to, whether or not you're intending for it to, you can kind of put in there your own spin on it, and your opinion about it will show through in the way you present the information to someone else. Yes. That may not be factual. And, right. and so there's a lot of, there, there's a lot, it's a really good point. There's a lot of sinful things that's kind of bound up in the concept of gossip, I think. It's horrible, and not yeah. only does it hurt the person that you're talking about, it hurts
1: the one say who's struggling with pornography and wants to talk to somebody at the church, but hears or is gossiped too, yeah, what does that say about your church? Who yeah. can you talk to at a church where gossip is is allowed because it either is never talked about or is is accepted by people gossiping there and it not being addressed, yeah. And, and I know people are sinful. Gossip is going to happen, and we yeah. can't avoid that. that. That's not the point. But if it's allowed to happen, and you, as a believer, are not either well, both not doing it and not speaking it or stopping it from happening, then you're going to hurt those people who you who you don't know you're hurting yeah. even more than in a sense of the sexually immoral, because they're not going to feel safe in a place where they should feel safe. Christ's bride to have to talk about sin in a free, safe way. Yeah. It should be a safe space, to use that language, it should be the safest space yeah. to be accepted or to be accepted in the sense of belonging even with your sin because everybody's sinful. So if you're going to just suspend that reality and talk about somebody because of either their sin or something that's completely factual, you are saying that... Both you're better than that person, and that you you don't really believe what Christ is saying about you and the church because you're not living according to that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and I and I like what what you said what you said about it. I mean, I think. That if, if you and I are, you know, we, we have a couple different places we can be on it. We can either be a part of it, because like you said, it's going to happen more than likely. Yeah. Um, you can either be a part of that or you can be indifferent to it. But still present there, or you can be the voice of truth that that stands up and stands out against it. Uh, and I think that those uh, and, and and like you said, always thinking about like this should be a, a you know a hospital for the broken, not 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 a place that's going to break people further down whenever they're struggling with other things. Yes. by doing something like gossiping. Oh, yes. Um, and so I think that it, it, it. I guess it's kind of like a something that we should be mindful of if we hear it or if it's going on, and be willing to not just let it be right but to be willing to say you know what i I don't think that this is this is appropriate i don't however the lord would lead you to say it but not just allow it to take place because again we're thinking we want to be the best for him that we can be as his bride as his church and, and that means we've got to stop doing these things and you know the the thing about gossip is it can be happening all around yeah, you know, you talk about secret. I mean, it can be, it can happen in this little corner, in this little corner, in this little corner, to the point that it can be all around the situation. And the situation not even know that it's going on. Right. I mean, oh just, just incredibly problematic. So it destroys the unity of the church. It destroys even it. in that because yep. they're different factions. Yep, and like you said, it 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 presents a church that's not safe for people to share their struggles to share the things that they're dealing with because whether someone shared something they sh- inappropriately with them or or whether they just are in fear that they're going to broadcast that somewhere else where they don't want it they're coming into a place where they can find healing where the savior is bride mm-hmm. and and they can't be confident that what they're gonna say isn't gonna go beyond and go outside the walls and be talked about in little pockets, you know. Yes, um, and so it, it presents. You know, we we are supposed to be there for one another. We're supposed to walk beside one another to minister to one another. But when gossip is present, it greatly hinders that from taking place. I think it extremely does.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I feel like it should be noted again. I, I just heard. Or stories now, especially now, uh, just in the climate that we're in, in a good way, in uh, all the talk about uh, sexual abuse in the church has been a big thing for Southern Baptist. And um, even a- a- apart from that, I heard uh, there's this big podcast from Christianity Today came out this last year, The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, about a Mars Hill church in Seattle with uh, Mark Driscoll, who pastored there. And uh, there's just a-, a few stories about how um, people were uh, you know, either bringing things to church leadership that they didn't feel were right or talking to somebody that wasn't in the sense of gossip, but they were punished by the church by the excuse of gossip, even though that wasn't the intent nor the motive. Oh. So there is big, you know, I w- we're definitely not saying that you shouldn't bring to light things that you know are wrong or that you're bringing, there's a difference between gossip and bringing something to light about somebody for the reason of either protecting others or bringing sin to light that might not be you know if you're a a survivor of sexual abuse you're not going to go to that person uh as you you know people say that in that passage that you should go to the person first and confront them it's not right in a lot of cases to do that it's not it doesn't apply there you know you're not going to go to someone who sexually assaulted you to oh, confront them about be, it.
0: Yeah, that could be really, yeah. Right.
1: So, we take these things out of context. So, by all means, bring those things to light if there's either abuse going on or things that you know that aren't right. That's not gossip to do that nor should it be treated as so by the church. We're talking about talking about people for the sake of either uh boosting your own ego by putting them down yeah, yeah. or by just uh, talking about preferential things. I, I don't know how to exactly to nail it down, but there's a clear difference there between those two things.
0: Sure, yeah, it's it's more of your agenda-based, I think, yeah. you know, oh, you want sure. to propagate your opinion and your thought about someone or about a ministry, about a person, and so you you go about it with that light. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, there are moments in time, and especially, you know, you talk about taking it to leadership, I mean, that's it. that should be an incredibly safe place to take it, would be to leadership, and it, and it be uh, not only received, but also prayed over and, 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 um, them be willing to step in if need be and, and help through the situation. I mean, that should be, it definitely shouldn't be an Avenue of gossip for sure. If you're going to go, if you're struggling, especially with a with abuse, excuse me. And, you know, obviously it's going to be very hard for you to go to, uh, maybe the person directly immediately. Maybe it would, it would be another Avenue to get there, but, but an Avenue that is a trusted Avenue spiritually in, in, in a, a leader or something like that. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But uh, have to fight against these things and have to stand against gossip, especially as a church. I feel like we have the scriptural basis and the corporate basis to push back against pride for the sake of the gospel, because yeah. a church that gossips is not a church of the gospel and yeah. a, a church that takes a go- gospel seriously. And that could be done in so many ways. And that's probably another way that the church is, uh, some churches corporately sin in that I was just listening to a, a, a live stream the other day of somebody that they opened the service with, uh, uh, did you know that that just some witty antidote that followed that had nothing to do with the gospel, nothing to do about Christ. There's just a flippancy that happens so often at church where we do it because we do it. And it doesn't really matter what happens in a worship service and really often Gossip happens in those settings. So we have to hold the gospel in a high regard because that is our freedom. That's where we're found is in that message in Christ. And any perversion on that is going to lead to people being misled and people going to hell because of our lack of witness. That's right. We can't avoid that because of our sinful flesh, but we have to constantly be in repentance and constantly be in a state of needing God and having him work through us in even that said we're talking about working through yeah. us to lead people to Christ because we know that's where the the answer is found that's how we've been brought out of our sin yeah. and our blindness
0: to find the truth. Yep, absolutely. Uh it it, it is and, and and every time we're finding that, you know, it's the gospel, it's Jesus that is. Yeah. Is always where you come back to, and with it all, even with hidden sin, I mean, it's Jesus. Like you come back, and and Jesus is everything in that. Like he is, he is the one that will reconcile to you, God to God. He's the one that forgives you. He's the one that loves you. He's the one you need to be near to, um, to find help in your time of need. To find like it all is going to come back to that. And I think a big thing about what you just said, and and um, is a great place to be, is is we want to be leading as Christ followers, people closer to Him and not farther away yes uh, and 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 the secret sins that that lie underneath you know I can't help but think about like uh, uh the the rock that you turn up and the the bugs that scatter you know and the they want to be in the darkness those things so often that we want to remain hidden those things can cause people not to come closer to Christ in ways we may not even realize it can hinder our witness in ways that we may not even realize yeah. by just allowing them to remain so the big picture is always the big picture it is it is his church he is the head he is the savior and everything that we do, we want to be good ambassadors. We want to make him look good. We want to please him. We want to to be the best that we can for him.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. You mind if I pray after that? I think that needs a lot of, of prayer for us who are listening for me, for us in yeah. that, um, that can only happen through Christ. That's right. So we need his help. You would mind if I yeah, pray ahead, real quick, yeah. father, we thank you for who you are, for loving us, for, bringing, for giving us Christ, Christ, you are our friend and our brother, our savior and our king, and we need you. So we pray that you would use us as you have revealed yourself in our lives and are saving us. We pray that you would use us to lead others to you and not further away. You are the only way that we can do that. Why? Because we're sinful and our sin turns is, is, is antithetical. Yeah, antithetical, that's a word, to you and your gospel. The only way to you is through you, Christ. The only way to God is through you, as the scripture says. And that's both after we are justified and before we're justified. You are the only way throughout all of our lives. So we pray that you give us that strength to not mess things up. God, we will in our sin, and we will mess up and those even who are stuck in pornography and gossip, any of these things, we will mess up. And that we, we, we hate that. We want to abandon that. And it's only by your power that we're brought closer to you and away from sin. So we pray both for us and for the people that we uh, witness to um and our in in our circles in our lives that we wouldn't just be indifferent to them we wouldn't draw them away from you or even leave them where they are but that we would be close to you enough that we have to draw them to you cuz you are beautiful you complete us and you bring life so we pray God that you wouldn't you, that we wouldn't get in the way of that that you would clean us and draw us to you that you might work through us cuz that's the only way that people will know and that we will know who you are. So thank you, Father. It's in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. I think that's a good uh, spot to end for today. I, I joked before you that we were, that I'd block out two hours in the day, and we're at an hour 58 right oh, now. Oh, wow. So, okay. Uh, All a right. Great discussion.
0: I really yeah. thank you for having this today. Oh, yeah. And is thank there anything you. else you'd like to add before we quit? Uh, no, I, I I don't think so. I think that's a great spot. I, I just appreciate people listening in. And again, I mean a good a good reminder is that you know this is not um, for the purpose of us necessarily just kind of beat on anybody, but um, that that it is all in love and it all is all trying to just be the best that we can for him. He is the end. Uh, he is the the desire, um, and we just really want to to flesh out and talk out. You know how can we be the best for him, according to his word. So thanks for hanging in there. If you're still here now for hanging in through maybe a little bit of an uncomfortable time, a convicting time, perhaps, and and just sticking with it. And hopefully, uh, hopefully it'll just help us all set our eyes more on him in the long run. Absolutely. And if yeah. I may real quick, I didn't get to it while we were talking about the
1: uh, sexual immorality, porn, sexual sin, but I uh, just ima- or wrote down a few uh, resources here that I include in the show notes that I'd just like to list rapid fire that have been helpful to me and my growth away uh, from porn, sexual addiction, all those things, and that I hope will help you as well. For one, there's a book, Finally Free, by Heath Lambert. It would make a great uh, life group, home group one day. Um, but really, it's just a biblical look at uh, sexual sin from... He's a, a pastor and biblical counselor. Um, very foundational to me in that conversation, mm-hmm. and in uh, de- developing a uh, conversation around that issue and start to talk about it because that's hard. Yeah. Um, also, uh, I have a a software on my phone and on all of my devices called Accountable to You. I've found it to be by far the best. Um, accountability resource out there you receive emails from me my devices yeah uh, my wife lauren does and it really i um there there's another software called the uh, covenant eyes that's more popular i've used it for a while it was useful i believe accountable to you is far better than uh covenant eyes at least for me it um takes whatever you do on your phone records it and uh it doesn't send that all to your partners but whatever it flags something that's uh uh, you know, questionable, it'll send that to your people and uh, just let them know where they are. So yeah. it's been, I haven't found a way around it. And I've found a way throughout the time among plenty a, uh, you know, an yeah. accountability uh, software. So accountable to you, it's not on the app store for a uh, Google and Apple. They, they uh, um, took it off just for, we don't get it, just privacy reasons. So you could yeah, it was just something they recently did. I would still recommend it hundred percent. You can download it from a browser. It's uh, like ten dollars a month, eight dollars a month, something like that. Very cheap. Also, uh, there's book "Wisdom Pyramid" by uh, Brett McCracken that was just named uh, Christian Living Book of the Year by uh, Christianity Today. Just talking about how you should arrange your life uh, biblically to uh, you know where does uh, social media, your phone, the Bible, how do you structure your intake. In life, to uh, set you up best for uh, the Christian life and spiritually, so just like food pyramid, it's called the Wisdom Pyramid uh, by Brett McCracken. And then uh, I've been reading this book; it's good by Eugene Peterson, called Christ Plays in Ten Thousand Places. And on YouTube, you can see it. It's uh, just good. You you have to in in the fight against pornography. There's 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 no get get uh, clean quick. Yeah 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 uh, solution. So a lot of that is abiding with christ finding good things talking about spiritual theology in this book so it's going to mesh that sense of i want to be closer to christ feel closer to christ and theology the the biblical teaching we're trying to mesh those together to be close to christ and i think this book I'm, I'm in the middle of it but it's doing a great job at that so far so yeah um a little, quick, quick hit a couple resources for you and i hope that'll serve you well but we want to thank you for being here with us today this has been uh, the Jesus Follower, we are a um, ministry of Rolling Hills Baptist Church in Fairfield, Ohio, and uh, we mention this every time, but this uh, podcast or any media is no um, replacement for the local church That's in right. your life. So if you'd like to connect with us you're in the Cincinnati area, or uh, we would be more than glad to connect with the local church in your area, visit us at 4fairfield.com. That's our website, F O R fairfieldcom You can also email us to uh, uh, give us any feedback, questions that you have, my email email andrew at fourfairfield.com. his is daniel at fourfairfield.com. and uh, we'll look forward to hearing from you that's right yep all right well thank you so much for being with us today we'll see you uh monday for episode 11 and uh, we'll mm-hmm. keep going so uh we love following jesus with you and we're looking forward to what he has for us here in the future as we grow closer to him that's right all right we'll catch you later